Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 93, which is part two of a two-part series. Last week, Donna nicholson Steve admitted that she was grief illiterate until she lost her son in a tragic accident. She shared her personal story of great loss, walked us through what grief is, and talked about why processing and discussing our grief is pivotal to our health and our well-being. Today, you'll join the rest of our conversation, which covers how children grieve differently than adults, how we can help them process in healthy ways, and what not to say to a grieving person. We share several scriptural truths that will just bless your heart. After listening today, would you help us get this very important content out to other listeners? There are two ways to do this best. You can share this episode with your friends and you can rate and review this podcast. Just go to our website at bible2school.com. That's bible, the number two, school.com and click on the resources tab. Subscribe and then rate and review on your favorite podcast channel. And of course, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram. You'll also want to check out our show notes for the links that are talked about today. Ready to hear how you can steward grief well with the kids in your life? Join the second half of my interview with Donna now. Can you tell me if there are clear differences then in how adults and children grieve? Yeah, there's definitely differences. So kids definitely grieve different from adults. They process at the level that they're at. You know, a child or a teen could be feeling grief and sadness one minute, and then they're out playing in the yard with their friends the next minute as if nothing happened. And that's normal. That's normal for a kid. There's nothing wrong with that. They might not talk about things for weeks or months, but it's important that we're available to talk to them about their grief whenever it may come up and to look for sudden changes in them. I think that's that's a clue. If there's a stark sudden change, just be extra in tune to their behaviors. We want to have a real close eye on them when we know that they're experiencing grief. And kids also, they haven't developed the capacity to put words to their feelings. They haven't fully developed that. Their filter in how they view the world is totally different. They haven't experienced half the things that we we have as adults. So they don't even have a foundation sometimes to even put language to what they're feeling. They don't know how to do that. We can help them and give them words. So it might look something like, hey, it looks like you're really sad that grandpa died. You know, I feel very sad too. And I really miss him. Are you sad and missing him too? And so you're just kind of talking to your kid and you're putting some language around the feelings. Oh, that's good. That's so helpful. So how else can we help them process their grief? I mean, do you have any other pointers for us? Yeah, I I think first of all, you know your child better than anyone. And so I, I really don't think that there's a time frame for like when to 
uh, get them into counseling or anything like that. You know your child best, you know their tendencies, but whether they're early in the grieving process or later, counselors are trained professionals to help that child express what's going on inside of them. They can pull out what's lurking in their heart. I know that's kind of above my pay grade. So if, if there's a counselor that can help do what I can't do, and they can also help them with coping techniques that we as parents might not know about and come alongside of the counselor to help our child. There's also grief camp weekends. I personally haven't experienced one, but they're out there. And you know, your church can plug you in to things too. And I know there's some things where it's a more of a, a tragedy where let's say a school shooting or something mm-hmm. horrific like that. There's a lot of help and resources for, for trauma like that. Okay. That's great to know. And then as far as modeling healthy grieving, do you have anything to say that we can do yeah. in regards to that? Yeah. So it is important that we model healthy grieving. If we say everything's okay and we kind of dismiss it, everything's okay. And it's clearly not what happens is in that child's mind and in their body, every fiber of their being is screaming on the inside. This is not okay. They have little radars, you know, they sense things and their body is saying, no, 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 it's not okay. But then the parent who they trust is saying, oh, everything's okay. And when we deny the reality and say, everything's fine, the child just learns how to not trust their own instinct and their own feelings and their feelings and instincts were correct that everything wasn't okay. But now they're learning not to trust their own instinct and feelings. So it's okay to tell your child in an age-appropriate way that you are also sad, you also miss the person who passed away. You can share with them on a level that they can understand that I don't feel okay now, but I'm going to be. You know, we have Jesus and it's okay to not feel good. And, and that's something that you can give them permission. But it starts with us. We have to model grief in a healthy way. That's so good. And, you know, there are times when I'm grieving that I just want to be alone. But, you know, it would be okay then probably to say, Mommy's sad. I need some alone time so I can go cry by myself. Thank you for caring. And I'll just give me 10 minutes and I'll, we can talk again or whatever. You know, like I think creating a boundary sometimes is is okay, age appropriate considering yeah, there. That definitely is. And to let them know I, I need a little bit of alone time, but it's but I'm going to be okay. It's okay. So make the child feel safe and not have too much of an adult burden in them. Um, but with that said, there is a difference between alone time and isolation. Mm. I don't want to park in isolation for too long, um, but it's very healthy and very good to have alone time. It's important that we carve out alone time. Yeah. Yeah. And to explain it in a way where your child isn't worried that they understand you're going to be okay and that it's normal to want to cry and you're teaching them Yeah, because we want our child to feel like they can have alone time and they can cry. Absolutely. Well, so let's talk a little bit about what not to do or say. Do you have Uh, any advice for us on this? Oh, oh yes, I do. So first, grieving people, our our grief needs to be witnessed. We need others to see and to recognize our pain. So we want to avoid what's called bright-siding. Bright-siding as someone that's in grief means looking for the positives to try to help them feel better about their grief. The grieving person doesn't need to feel better in that moment. They don't need to be strong. 
They need to feel it and let it be until they can start the process. There are some really harmful things that can be said that we intend to make the grieving person feel better. That's our heart. That's our intention. But it actually diminishes their profound and intense state of grief. So sometimes a grieving person just needs you to sit in their darkness with them. Kind of like Piglet sat with Pooh, you know, and Winnie the Pooh. He just sat with his friend and they didn't talk. And he was just like, I just want to be here with you. I I love that. So I have five examples of what not to say. There's a lot of things not to say, but I kind of picked five. One is, well, he's in a better place. Mm. You hear that all the time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we know that, but I don't need to hear that right now. I am in my darkest valley and I'm consumed by pain. And I don't need to hear, oh, well, he's in a better place. Mm. I know that's true, but it's not helpful to, for somebody to kind of diminish what you're feeling by trying to make you yeah. feel better saying that. Here's one. Well, you can still have more kids. And it's like, uh, yeah, but I wanted that one. <laughs> you know, um, I know that people that have suffered through a miscarriage or a stillbirth, well, you can still have other kids. You know, that's, a, isn't that great? You can still have other kids. It's like, I don't want to hear that right now. Yeah. I wanted that one. I wanted the one that died. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good thing to say. Here's a personal, uh, this one, I really rubs me the wrong way. He died so others could be saved. Now I will tell you, I am elated that people have gotten saved at the memorial service through me sharing, through me sharing um, at our Easter service. I know that people have accepted the Lord and that's a great outcome. But God could have saved those people a million different ways. I did not crush my child in the backseat of a car so that he could save this person. No, that's not our God. He could have saved them a million different ways. What happened to Jack is a whole other theology, but I don't believe the theology that God kills people so that other people can be saved. So that's not helpful. Yeah, yeah. It was God's plan. Well, it was part of God's plan. Hmm. That's not, again, not helpful. I know that our days are ordained. I know the Lord knows the day we, and the minute and the second we would be born and the minute and the second we were going to pass from this earth. But you don't want to say that to a person that's in profound pain grieving. Hmm. And the last one, I think we, we don't realize it, but when we tell people to be strong, that is not true. When you're grieving, that is not the time to be strong. That's not a time to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. That is a time where we are to lean into our weakness, lean into all that the grief is consuming us with. We find our strength in the Lord. We garner the strength of God, not our own strength. So I know people mean well when they say these things, but they are harmful And even though some of those things are true, like he is in a better place, but it's absolutely not helpful to somebody that's grieving. And I would caution to be careful not to say those things. Yeah, thank you for that. And I wish we had time. We could do a whole episode just on how to respond to people who are grieving. But just real quick, since we talked about what not to say. So I hear you saying sometimes just being there and allowing your friend or family member to grieve is good. Are there any words? (laughs) Like, is there anything somebody said to you that was just comforting or is it just best to be silent and be there? Yeah. I remember someone saying, I really love Jack. I'm really going to miss him. I loved hearing his name, knowing that other people are missing him too and loved him too. 
The other thing that I think is helpful is when there's no words, you can say, I have no words, but, but I love you. I love you so much. I'm sorry this happened. And, and I just want to be here with you. I just want to sit and be here with you. Other cool thing is we use the phrase, see a need, meet a need. Here's something that was, uh, and I've heard this from so many people. It's an overwhelming question to ask a grieving person is what do you need? Hmm. I could not answer that question. I did not know what I needed. It was too big of a question to answer. But I had friends that were like, start a meal train. Their lawn needs cut, cut the lawn. You know, they and they just did it. Yeah. They said, hey, I'm coming over to cut your lawn on Thursday. You know, see you at nine. That was very helpful because when you're in when you're in the acute stages of grieving, you just can't make decisions. I didn't know what I needed. I didn't even know. I, I couldn't even feed myself. I had a friend spoon feed me. And they just rallied around me. And so just knowing they love me, they care for me, they care for my family. They met my needs that they could see. Those are helpful things. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. How do you ask Jesus to be part of your life? At Bible to School, we use a child-friendly acronym to explain how to ask Jesus to be part of your life forever. We call it the CBAs. C stands for confess. Everyone needs to confess that you've sinned and made bad choices. B stands for believe. Believe that Jesus died for the forgiveness of your sins. A stands for ask. Ask God to forgive your sins and ask Him to be a part of your life forever. Confess, believe, and ask. CBA, that's it. Simple language to convey a profound foundation for faith. Continued Bible study of God's Word and discipleship will continue to build truths on this foundation so young faith can grow and deepen, starting with the CBAs. So Donna, what advice do you have for that parent who feels just completely overwhelmed with this heavy weight of trying to help their child through grief? So, you know, first I would say, and we kind of touched on this, you're not alone. I know you feel alone. I know that. But I encourage you to challenge that feeling. Don't let that feeling guide you. Don't let the feeling of being alone guide your decisions. And you do not have to go about this alone. God gives us others who help. Um, we talked about that help, child Christian counselors, um, weekend grief camps, others that are in the same boat as we are. And, you know, I, I think this is probably the most important thing is we want to lean into the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our helper and will intercede for us. And he will draw our mind to the scripture and the wisdom that we need at the exact time that we need it. He is mm. interceding on our behalf. And so I, I think at times, me included, I, I'm embarrassed to say, but I have very much underestimated the power of the Holy Spirit. I, oh, yeah. I think how many years have I wasted not leaning into the Holy Spirit or having an ear toward him? It is a powerful resource available only to those who are in Christ. And so we want to lean in and use the Holy Spirit and tell the Holy Spirit, hey, I invite you into my life. I invite the wisdom. I invite the, the guidance and the supernatural insight that you have for me. I open my eyes, open my ears to hear and see what I would normally miss without the supernatural help and strength and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason why Jesus said to his disciples, 
the greater gift. Wait for the greater gift of my spirit. And they were talking about at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descended on them because without it, they could not go do the things that they were commissioned to do, which was to go spread the gospel. It's, right. That's the theme for us. Like, I just never quite understood that huge role the Holy Spirit has in our lives. And I thought, oh, walking with Jesus would be the best thing. I can't believe I missed out on that. No, you're right. Like, we have this helper who is the same helper that raised Jesus from the dead. We have that in our lives and right. we can have that power. So, right. amen. We don't, we don't want the Holy Spirit to be bored in our life. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great way to put it. I yeah, love that. Yeah, we want to put them to work. It's a Holy Spirit adventure. All right. So what from God's word helped reassure you during your darkest hours? Would you share some of those verses? Yeah. Yeah. So Psalm 61, I think was when I was really just in the acute stages of grieving. And when you lose a child, the acute stages of grieving are the first three years that's part of grief illiteracy. We think it's three weeks, three months. It's like, no, 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 no. It's very complex. So Psalm 61, hear my cry. Oh God, listen to my prayer from the end of the earth. I call to you when my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, I needed lifted Meredith. I needed lifted out of my drowning. And I, I just picture Jesus reaching down and grabbing my arm and lifting me Mm. Um, to a solid rock that was higher than I. And, you know, God's word also reminded me that my son, Jack, belongs to the Lord. He belongs to God. He chose me to be his mother and that he is and always was a gift. He was a gift to me from God. And um, I'm reminded that God loves Jack even, even more than, than I can in my human nature. God created and loves him. And he is safe in his care. Jack is in his care. God reminded me and spoke to my heart, telling me that Jack is home. I'm the one that's gone. Oh, yeah. Not Jack. Wow. I'm the one that's gone. I'm the one that is still a foreigner in a foreign land on this earth. And I'm the one that's not home yet. But Jack is home and I know where he is and I know who he's with. Amen. And that is a truth I claim and cling to every day. Hmm. But I do have a new verse now that I'll share Jeremiah 17, seven through eight, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. And that's kind of my prayer that I want to be that. I want my roots to grow toward the living water, Jesus. And when I have a drought in my life, I want my leaves to be green. I want to always produce for him and let my light shine because people are looking when you're a Christian and they're not, they're watching and they want to see, is this Jesus thing all it's cracked up to be? Yeah. What are you going to do now, Donna? You, You lost your son. Is this Jesus really real? And so we show people he's real, not, not the lack of pain, but because of our pain, in spite of our pain, we can still praise the Lord. And it shows people that, yes, my God is real. Amen. Amen. So Donna, for those dealing with grief themselves or who know someone who is dealing with grief, do you recommend any specific resources other than what you already mentioned earlier? Yeah. Well, well, the one thing I don't think I said is grief share is national. 
if you go to the Grief Share website and you type in your zip code, chances are a bunch of locations are going to pop up. It's a Christian curriculum, and uh, usually most churches will will host it. So that's that's one resource. And while while the content is the same across the board, you know, with Grief Share, you might show up at one that you didn't like. Okay. Or maybe there was only one person that, you know, lost a spouse or lost you know, whatever your loss is and you didn't feel connection. Don't give up. Call around and ask for another grief share and ask if they have a group more towards spouses or children or you know, whatever your loss might be. Don't give up because you tried one and you didn't like it. Don't give up on a counselor because you tried one and you didn't like it. Keep plowing forward until you do find the right Thing. And ch- and your church may also have unique resources for you as well. Sure, sure. Okay, so for to our listeners, especially if you don't have a home church, I will link in the show notes since Donna mentioned Grief Share is it's national, so yes. I can link the general website and then you can you can do your research from there. But yeah, I'll link that in the show notes for everyone. Okay, great, so, great. So Donna, thank you so much. You know, we could go on and on about this topic and um, we might have to do this another time. Um, but thank you for the time you've spent sharing your story, for educating us on how to steward our grief well. Would you just bless us by closing our time together in prayer? I would love to do that, Meredith. Thank you. And thank you so much. All right, let's pray. Father, you know, every person listening to this today, I just believe is not here by accident, God. Uh, It's by your divine appointment out of your fierce love for every single person. You have something to teach us today. And I thank you for that. You have something good for us. May we continually be reminded of your sweetness and your profound love for us. Remind us of your power and pull us closer to your heart, God, that we might not just know about you, but truly know you and know you intimately so that we grow in our faith and that we grow deep roots in you. I love you so much, Lord. I I know what you've done for me. And I pray you would use this podcast to help do the same for others. In the powerful name of Jesus, the name above all names, let it be so. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I'm willing to bet you'll agree with me that hearing Donna's examples of what not to say to someone in the middle of deep pain and sorrow was super helpful, as well as her suggestions of what we can do and say. I love how Donna reminded us that non-Christians are watching, especially when we're in our darkest valleys. And they're watching to see if this Jesus we speak of is real. And we show people he's real, not by the lack of pain we express, but how in spite of our pain, we can still praise the Lord. In our weakness, he is strong. Lord, let it be so, and may this podcast episode encourage our listeners today that grief is real and we need to process it for ourselves and our children. God, we know your word says you use our pain to comfort others, so we trust you. We trust you'll use our story for that purpose and for your glory. Amen. So make sure you head over to our website at bibletoschool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com to hear the first part of this episode, if you have not already and also to take a look at the show notes for the resources and scriptures we talked about today. If you or someone you know is grieving, the first link in our show notes will take you to the Grief Share National website where you can connect with a support group near you. Don't forget to subscribe to You Can Tell the Children podcast, rate and review us, share with a friend, and follow and like our posts on our socials. Finally, 
Be sure to stop in here next week for Corey and Lee's discussion on the importance of planting a biblical worldview in the hearts of our children. And until then, remember, you can tell the children how to grieve and love like Jesus.